You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here, and thanks very much for tuning in. And as you are, I'm going to make the assumption that you are responsible for generating revenue for an established B2B professional service business, and you're looking to grow your revenue. So what I've got for you, you're going to absolutely love because I've recently released my new revenue multiplier calculator and bonus training where using this tool and following the training, you'll discover how to uncover the hidden revenue opportunities in your business and be able to systemize your growth using seven revenue multipliers that can double your business in 12 months or less. So if you want to go and grab your copy, go to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash calculator. Now on to today's episode. This one, I think, I guess in line of what we've been uh, talking about, actually, is uh, is quite an interesting one because I think that um, what what this is this is all about. So let me just sort of bring this one up here. Is so this is coming from we don't know the context of the business or anything, but it's quite a good one because it's a fairly sort of um, you know generic one. But it's my current challenge is that we've grown our team remotely over the last six months, so our staff management is getting harder to do. How do I keep my staff happy, performing? What should I do when things go wrong? How should I measure performance? All that kind of thing, because I'm starting to feel things are getting a little bit out of control. What do you think about when you hear that? I think that's one of the most common challenges we had over the last 15 months, given the COVID and everything and the rapid change and the impact it had on people. I don't think there's any manager in sales or non-sales that did not ask this question to themselves. And honestly, this is the, you know, if they didn't, they definitely should. Because mm. life changed drastically, right? Um, I was reading a HR article actually last week, which is very timely in this context. People working remotely, their motivation dropped 17 points. 17 points is a huge difference. The difference is equal to working for a company that's best in that industry from a culture perspective versus the worst in that industry from a culture perspective. So suddenly you have you may have been the best manager. You may have had the best team that has the highest engagements. And now, yeah, they drop to something that's like the worst. And this is something that you did not do wrong or anything. So we all need to build a different approach. Let me give my perspective from IBM side. And then let me give my personal opinion about, you know, mm. what I'm doing with my team. Because again, this is the same question I'm asking myself. Uh, from an IBM perspective, one thing we did well, I think, when everything started was we had a pledge that our, you know, superior executives as well as HR department created. And this is about, first and foremost, the people side of the equation, because um, people working remotely with kids at home, they have different priorities, they have different challenges. You need to understand that, you know, when you have a video conference meeting like this, in a way, you're a guest in their house during that time period. You need to have 
that attitude. You need to act accordingly. You need to understand that they'll have different priorities throughout the day that they need to take care of the kids maybe during the day now. And they can work instead in the evenings. You need to show that flexibility. You need to show that you're there for them. Before any of this, you need to ask the questions, how they are doing and how things are working. And this has one professional aspect for sure, but also the personal aspect because people have different things that they are dealing with when they're working remotely now, especially mm. you know, with the last year. Even small- I mean, that's huge, isn't it? That whole sort of shift in, I mean, I think this, I, I've been saying that this this sort of thing is, is I, I couldn't believe that people were still getting on a train and commuting two hours in and two hours out to work every day. Um, I've fortunately enough been remote for you know, for five years now. And, you know, we built the office in the garden and stuff like that. So we have that separation. But to have, if it was to be thrust on me, I, I can only imagine how difficult that was. And I think that, and I've heard like on, on the other side of the coin, like horror stories of people that are literally locked in their house and dealing with, you know, three children of different ages with a partner at home as well and all the rest of it. And their, their manager or their boss or whatever have then come down very, very hard on them and said, you're not performing, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And, and one story that I heard was, was from my wife and she said that one of her friends, it was, it happened to them. And, and, and she literally had to in one, in the middle of one Zoom meeting when she got called out for something, she just went, right, turn the computer around and showed the chaos that was going on with the kids in front of them and said, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, it's like not to have that empathy is incredibly naive, I think. Absolutely. Verging on, verging on psychotic, I think, like to not understand that that 100%. is a reality for people. And so I think you're right. It starts with the people and also the empathy and the understanding of the new situation and that you have to be flexible. Absolutely. Then the second biggest mistake to avoid, I would say, is we have this management approach that we built over, again, decades, that's really strictly sticking to certain checklists. We are asking people to do certain activities to get their end result, which, you know, again, is great and helpful in certain cases, but in an environment where people have much less motivation than they did, the moment you push a checklist to people, that's all they're going to focus on. They're going to just check the box, move on to the next task and check the box and move on to the next next. You're not going to get them to go though. If people have the minimal motivation only to get you, you know, out of their bag, that's not going to deliver the results you need. So the discussion becomes, how can you convert that conversation to something where they share ownership as you do on delivering that result? The way you can approach this is, you know, there are great articles, great tools, great processes. But in simple terms, the way to approach this is, you know, structure your week. Set Mondays a discussion together as a team where you talk about the commitments for that week and how you're going to get to those commitments. And you need to ask that how question to people instead of saying, here's the checklist I need you to get done. But give them the flexibility to define how they're going to get there themselves. Then keep them accountable to that, but give them the flexibility to define it. And then give them the flexibility to execute on that based on their own timing, given what's happening at the, their house, as we already mentioned. Then... From Tuesday till Thursday, try to set only individual conversations, like talk to them, try to get an understanding about where they are, how they are doing with the stretch assignments, 
not to, you know, investigate, not to look everything with a microscope, but sincerely, seriously asking how and where you can help them. Because by design, some of the tasks they will have will be stretched. That's why you're the manager. That's why they work for you. And you need to have some added value proposition that you're bringing to the table. But keep those discussions more individualistic and more individual, unless there's a task you will accomplish as a team together working on something. Then Fridays, use that in a way that you kind of reflect. We committed this, here is why we are, and this is why we get to. But don't do it in a way that, again, you're inspecting or you are the one saying, how the hell you didn't get to where you need to get to. Put the people on the spot in the sense that, you know, let them present to the team. And if somebody is pitching to the team something on Friday, they'll do their best to look better. They'll do their best to look the best they can throughout the week just to get there and make, you know, be successful. This is simple, basic human attitude we all have. So you need to empower the people to define, again, what they are going to get done that week and how they're going to get there, and then help them along the week. And then at the end of the week, just make them communicate this to their peers more than you. And one, it will help with hearing from each other why they struggle, why they succeed. So there'll be best practice sharing, which is always important, especially in this age where they cannot chit-chat on the coffee table or next to the water cooler. You need to enable that. Then... The last piece that I would suggest is uh, try to create some time for people to socialize. It is very hard these days, but it can be a pizza party. It can be virtual happy hours, but try to do something that's a bit more fun where you create one, a bit of a teaming culture. And the second one, again, people to connect with each other, because again, we work with people. We work with each other in the team. We work with our managers and the more personal level we have a relationship, the better, the easier. Of course, we need to be Again, conscious about people's uh, lives at home and how things are going, and they may or may not be able to join these kind of things. But it's good to have these kind of activities that brings people together out of the work context, day in and day out, because there's something called, you know, Zoom fatigue for a reason. We are always working now. We're always at home and available. And you know, there's the balance we need mm. to somehow establish. That, that, that'll be the last tactical piece. Yeah, and 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 I picked up on the word that you used there that I think is it, it kind of underlines all of this, and it's culture. And I know culture yeah, will mean a, a number of different things to different people, but um, I think if if I ever sort of think back to times when I was in you know working in businesses and all the rest of it, there was a definite sort of type of culture. And I think that when you when it's good it's almost like the culture doesn't matter quite as much when times are good and all the rest of it and you can manage your stuff because everyone is seeing benefits and all the rest of it. Things are good. Everyone's happy. But when things turn a little bit south, the culture will have a massive impact on how people react. And I think that culture, it, it always does start from the top. It starts from the leadership sort of communicating the vision, what is expected and not just from a performance basis, but from a from a behavior basis, from how you treat each other in the team, how you treat your customers, how you treat your suppliers, how you treat basically everyone that comes into contact with the business. You know, it's it's not about perks. It's not about, you know, getting um, ping pong tables in the office or anything like that or, you know, sending I don't know, ping pong balls to people's houses so they can ping pong through Zoom. I don't even know if that's possible, but who knows? It's about that cultural thing, and that starts at the hiring process. Mm. It's a hard, it's a much more difficult thing to change mid-flow, but the only time to sort of grow a, 
oak tree is, you know, 80 years ago, but the best time is today. So it's kind of like if you're starting to see things going a little bit awry, have you questioned whether or not as a leadership team or a leader, whether you have really communicated the expectations and the vision of the culture of the business? Because that still needs to go through even when you're remote. Absolutely. And one common mistake we all do is when things are rough, we stick to our playbook highlight. We stick to things we do, you know, that got to us. That we're comfortable with and we know and we, we understand, right? And we force it more, we push for it more, we push for those things more. The, 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 the thing is, though, you need to take a step back somehow, calm yourself first before even engaging the team and figure out how we can approach this holistically, how we can approach this more productively. As you said, you know, the best time is today. It may take eight years for certain things, but it doesn't matter. You take that step back, seeing what are the things we can do differently, and don't expect we have all the answers. You need to be open yeah. and transparent with the team and let them come up with the answers. Again, the more you give ownership to people in this age, the better, because you're not in the same office. You're not going to see what they're doing already day in and day out. And it's a simple, simple mm. number one management advice. Like if people feel ownership, they're going to come up with the solutions. They're going to feel ownership to execute and they're going to get that. If you give them the recipe of success and here's the checklist, check the boxes, that's all they're going to do. They're going to check the mm. boxes, nothing more, nothing less. And that's not going to deal with the results you need. And I think one of the other things I always um, used to do when I was running teams is is you kind of give the people that are working in whatever role they're working in, you give them a number of success metrics. We might call them KPIs or something like that. But it's kind of like if you can give them some key things to monitor on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, they will know whether they're doing a good job like performance wise. It, you know, it never become, you know, you never get into a, a, a review meeting with someone when you have those success meetings and then you have to have a hard conversation and it becomes a surprise. Absolutely. And you need to talk the same language, right? You need to agree on what the success looks like and you need to have the hardcore numbers for that because you know, this is sales. It's all about the numbers at the end of the day. Mm. But you, and it, you know, it might look slightly fun. different with different departments or different roles or anything, but each of those will have a success metric like Absolutely. you know from from the person that answers the phone like the average answer time is you know two rings um you know that's a success me- success metric like that has to be yeah. done all the time you know if you run the front office or you know when you did have the front office things have to be you know pristine for people to walk in etc cetera, etc cetera. like it's just those sorts of things i, I don't know like it yeah. doesn't have to be all about hard sales or revenue metrics because not everyone is going to be necessarily sure. linked to that but it's, you know, I should still always try and link it back to customer success anyway. But that's to, just how we're Yes, you need to look at your net promoter score, you need to look at your revenue metrics at the end of the day. But absolutely, there are millions of things that needs to happen. I'm looking at this more from a sales perspective, of course, as you can mm. imagine, being into this too much. But for every single department, that's the case. You need to have that outcome that you're looking for and help people be clear on the outcome you expect. Then let them somehow define how they can get there. If they think there's a better way to keep that front desk pristine, the lobby much cleaner and nicer, then let them do it that way. Keep them accountable Absolutely. if it is not, but just give them the flexibility once you define the success. Definitely. Well, I mean, there's, there's, I hope a lot of practical ideas in there, but also a lot of things to maybe think of from a, a, I guess, a slightly bigger perspective as well, thinking the cultural side of things, but the practical side of things that you can do in there take some of those steps. And I love the whole thing about sort of structuring a week around how you communicate with your team and the things that you do 
with your team and making extra time potentially for your team. I think that's fantastic advice. So I do hope that's been helpful, um, not just for who sent it in, but also people listening. So um, thank you very much for that. That was good fun and um, also very valuable. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you and if you have enjoyed the show please make sure you're subscribed you'll get updated as the new episodes come out and finally last favor please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on apple podcasts i read every single one they mean the world for me i love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well so if you want to go and do that i'd really appreciate it but until next time have an awesome day and we'll speak soon